Good morning, and welcome to Monday Mornings. With Maddie and Morgan. I'm Maddie. And I'm Morgan. Hello, and welcome back to another fantastic Monday. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? I mean, I'm lovely. We just finished recording another episode, and... This comes out on Monday after Christmas, so yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Chrysler. It's Christmas. <laughs> I'm excited. I love Christmas. Me too. It's going to be fun. It's wholesome as hell. It's great. Um, Happy one-year podcast anniversary. We talked about it last time. but Oh, yes. Yeah. So that's fun. <laughs> we made it a whole year. I know, guys. We didn't quit yet. We're sticking around. <laughs> anyway, we're a little delusional because it's 8 o'clock at night and we just recorded an episode that was supposed to be like half an hour and it ended up being like almost an hour. So, <laughs> yeah. And uh, we both have work. I leave for vacation tomorrow and I have work tomorrow. And yeah, it's okay. I'm excited to hear about this topic, though. I'm so excited. Okay, hold on. Let me fix my mic, because I'm moving it. All right. So, first, Morgan. Yeah? I have a surprise for you to go with this episode. I made you a PowerPoint presentation. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so excited. So, it's on our Google Drive. It is called Jerome Picks. Oh, my word. I've never been so excited in my life. So go to the first slide, and then I'll tell you when to go. Okay. Okay. So. Oh, there we are. Okay. Sorry, I was on docks, not drive. (laughs) Oh, it's okay. Okay. Jerome picks. All right, I'm on the first slide. Okay. So this week, I'm going to tell you a little story about a haunted place that I have been, and Zach Bagans has also been. Whoa! You're basically yes, twins. I basically were related now. Um, so you've been you, here. Yeah, that's amazing. Don't go through all the pictures yet. Okay, I won't. I was just I'm on the map one. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> so. Uh, Ghost Adventures has also been there, so I did get to watch a Ghost Adventures episode. Thank goodness. That's the best when you get to watch Ghost Adventures for episodes. Yes, and I would tell you what season and episode it is, but everything I tried to search for this is a tells you a different season and episode. So that a lot of Alcatraz one too. Yeah, I think they got reordered when they, like, changed different things. And I think there's some episodes that they just don't have anymore. Gotcha. Because on Discovery Plus, it was, like, season five, episode three or four. And then Mm -hmm. on a lot of the articles for, like, Travel Channel and, like, other stuff, it said it was season four, episode, like, 19. I wonder if Zach got in trouble for something. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know if it was that or just, like, rights with something or whatever. But he probably said something offensive. So. True. So this week I'm going to tell you 
all about the Jerome Grand Hotel in Jerome, Arizona. And before I tell you about the ghosties and hauntings of the Jerome Grand Hotel, I have to give you a little history about the town itself. Yay! So, Morgan, if you would like to look at your first slide, which is the picture of the map of Arizona. Yes. Jerome, Arizona is located about 100 miles north of Phoenix, on top of Cleopatra Hill, neighboring Sedona and her lovely Vortices. Vortexes? Vortices? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That makes sense. So, Sedona's got some weird shit. Mm-hmm. So, in the episode of Ghost Adventures, Zach does go to Sedona. And he does meet, like, a shaman or spiritual leader person there. And he does ask her, do you think that the beautiful energy of Sedona has anything to do with the negative energy of Jerome? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I just think it's a stupid place to build the town, but... (laughs) Bingo, bingo. (laughs) So... Jerome was classified as a National Historical District in 1967 after the mining industry left and has also become a ghost town. It isn't just a ghost town due to its low population, which is around 450, according to the 2019 records. Oh, I didn't realize people still lived there. Yeah, so... Let me tell you, I went there, and I fell asleep in the car on the way there, and I didn't know that's where we were going. And then I wake up, and people are like, Maddie, we're going to a ghost town. And I was like, oh, cool, cool, cool. My brain goes Scooby-Doo-style ghost town, where it's just, like, old Western film. Nobody lives Mm -hmm. there. Tumbleweeds. (laughs) Yeah, there were people there. I'm uh, The last slide of your little presentation is pictures, or the last few slides are pictures that I took while I was there. So, it's a cute little town. It has, like, a cute little artist population. There's lots of little uh, galleries and art shops and stuff like that. But, yeah. Yeah, so the population was about 450, according to 2019 records. But it is called a ghost town due to the rumored ghosts population outnumbering the living. Insert ghost sounds. Yeah. So in 1876, William A. Clark purchased the mining rights in Jerome, and in 1888, he purchased the United Verde Copper Company for $80,000, which today is about $2.3 million. Holy shoot. Which for an entire copper company... Not that much. Yes. Yeah. You're right. Considering how much it ends ends up being worth. Right. So the land in Jerome was is extremely hilly. If you go to your next slide. Yay. That is a picture of Jerome. Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. Yeah, up at the very top is the hotel that we're gonna be talking about, that yellow building. And if you go to the next slide, that is also Jerome with that big building is what we're talking about. 
And the next slide is also just downtown. It looks like a little European street. Oh, cute. Yeah. So Jerome was extremely hilly and canyon-like, as you can see in the pictures. And we will post some of these so you can see. But it is literally like a hike to get to the like hotel because it is the like highest point in the city is like where that hotel is. <laughs> Let me tell you, I was in Arizona and Utah on a hiking trip, and this was our like final drive back to Phoenix to go to the airport, and we stopped there. I was not in the mood to be doing any more hiking, but I was <laughs> like, I gotta fucking see this ghost hotel that Zach Bagans entered. So. <laughs> you stepped foot in the same place as Zachary. I did, and I wasn't even that obsessed with him back then. Missed opportunity. <laughs> I know. So, after establishing the mines, a town was built around the industry for all the mining families and all that jazz. And many of the buildings were built using a cut-and-fill method, meaning there is still a lot of shifting and collapsing of buildings. And one building even had the whole front wall crack and collapse in 2017. That's a bummer. I think. On I don't have a picture of that exact building, but the next slide is a building that had been cracked and all that jazz oh, wow. from land shifting, shifting and sliding. Look at that. There was also a jail, I believe, that uh, shifted, I think it was either 200 feet or 200 meters. Either way, that's a lot. Yeah, so not great. In 1899, Jerome was incorporated as a town, mostly because they needed a fire department to handle frequent fires. But, as men do, they used the town council privileges to ban women from all saloons in town in 1905. Sounds like a freaking sausage fest. Yeah, so I think that's what they discovered. So, in 1906, the ban was lifted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dear Lord. <laughs> yeah. This area of Jerome and other surrounding mining towns was one of the richest mining camps in, like out west at that time and they were also considered a billion dollar company with some of the strictest rules and regulations so that was great for the time but basically they were protecting their workers and treating them well kind of like they actually wow. put a lot into the community which is very interesting like, yeah that's not typical for the time yeah like the company as a whole like actually did a good amount but wow Interesting. I mean, they also did some shady things. In 1918, the United Verde expansion started in Jerome. Uh, this was basically just, like, even more mining tunnels. And this would bring in over $100 million in about 20 years of the expansion's operation. I forget if that number was $100 million back then or today, but either way, it's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, a lot of money. Yeah, so over 20 years, they made $100 million. In 1925, Clark sadly passed away, and he had been training his sons and grandson to take over the family company. But sadly, both of his sons and his grandson all passed away by the early 1930s. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Probably from mining. Probably. 
Danger, danger. Uh, by 1935, Clark's daughter sold the company to the Phelps Dodge Mining Corporation for what would be about $22,800,000 today. Oh, boy. So considering he bought that mining company for, what, $2.3 million? Mm-hmm. That's it was a wow. pretty good deal. Pretty yeah. good. Phelps Dodge took over the mines and would run until their closure in 1953. But that's just the town history and mining history. Now we're going to go back to the hotel. So before the Jerome Grand Hotel was a hotel, it was actually a hospital for residents of the town as well as the miners. I see. So now I can click to that one. Yeah. So... The hospital was called the United Verde Hospital, and it was constructed in 1926 to replace the previous hospital. The old hospital was built in 1917, but had been damaged in a mining blast that caused a fault shift and destroyed a whole wing of the hospital. This place is a mess. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. <laughs> this old hospital actually still exists on like oh, wow. the same plot of land and it is known as the clubhouse now and is also super haunted and Ooh. they did visit there and that's where they did like the overnight lock-in in the ghost adventures episode because it is very very creepy uh but i will tell you more about the man who owns and works in this building later so when they built the new hospital clark wanted the building to last they chose a spot up on top of the hill that had been known to be stable and not filled in. But they used almost no wood in the construction. Basically, the only wood was like doors and other built-in fixtures. Hmm. And basically, the walls were mostly like cement concrete. I forget which one it was. Probably concrete. Cement? I don't know. Uh, they described the building as an above-ground bomb shelter at one point. That is how sturdy those bitches. That is aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, this can withstand, like, any force of nature. Um, <laughs> the hospital is also fireproof, as well as can handle an earthquake and a dynamite blast of up to 20... 260,000 pounds of dynamite. Holy shit. <laughs> That's a lot of dynamite. Yeah. I hope nobody ever has that much dynamite. <laughs> Same. So, the 30,000 square foot facility opened in January of 1927. This was considered the most modern and advanced hospital in Arizona and maybe even all of the West at the time. Some of the new high-tech amenities it had were patient call lights, balconies, sun porches, emergency backup lighting, an Otis self-service elevator, ice-making rooms, because it's Arizona and they didn't have AC or they had ice-making rooms now. Interesting. Laboratories. An x-ray machine. Ooh. Surgical facilities, 
private and semi-private rooms, blanket warming closets. Ooh. Which I want one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And some staff housing. Nice. Yeah. So, really quick about this elevator. (laughs) Tell me, tell me. This was Arizona's first self-service elevator. Yay, Arizona. Oh, I see it. Mm -hmm. I skipped slides. Yeah, so you can go over to the slides of the elevator now. The first one is an outside picture of the elevator, and then there's an inside picture of the elevator. That is what it looks like at the hotel now. So this elevator was installed in 1926 and is still the elevator in the building today. That's crazy. Yes. So the major downfall about this elevator currently is that it moves (laughs) at 50 feet per minute. Because it is meant for hospital. <laughs> that's pretty damn slow. So that's 50 feet per minute. And um, current elevators in most major buildings go um, at or above 800 feet per minute. Oh my god. <laughs> you would do better, like, rolling, carrying a wheelchair up the stairs. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> During its operation, the hospital was run by the mining companies until they closed in the early 50s. They left the hospital fully furnished for 20 years after the hospital closed. They just left it, like, empty and fully furnished. I hate that. Yeah, so they thought that, like, maybe they could sell it or have it, like, open up again. Because Phelps Dodge, the company did have mm-hmm. an office out in like the Sedona Jerome area so they were like oh maybe eventually but no it didn't so in the end Phelps Dodge determined that it would never again be a hospital and started to get rid of the equipment and hospital furnishings in the 70s and 80s between its clothes and later purchase Phelps Dodge would hire live-in caretakers or they would lease out the building to families to keep it occupied and deter vandals. Which, hmm. not gonna lie, it sounds like a really cool place to have, for a family to rent out. Yeah. Because they probably wouldn't be charging that much because you're doing them a favor. Right. And then there's so much space to explore and to hide from your siblings. Yeah. Once you get past the fact that it's haunted as fuck, but... Well, maybe they're nice ghosts. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the ghost of my house is pretty nice. These ones, some of them are, some of them aren't. So, unfortunately, the last caretaker in the 80s died by suicide in the building. Oh, no. Yeah, so suicide warning there. Um, trigger warning. I will bring it up later again when I talk more about it but it's really not that much so after this the company decided to board up the building and had local representatives just come and check in on it later uh, more periodically the Phelps Dodge Mining Corporation sold the building to Larry Alter uh, which I thought was Alter thank god I watched the episode of Ghost Adventures (laughs) it's Alter thank goodness in 1993, after deciding it was too much of a liability to keep. That's why they sold it. That checks so, out. 
Yeah. And so Larry still actually currently owns and operates the property. Huh, Larry. Yeah. So Alter said during the first month of renovations, there, quote, seemed to be an overcast of uncertainty. It was a feeling that your presence was in question. Not sure if you were welcomed or not. In the second month, this feeling started to relax. And then one day during the second month, it totally went away, end quote. He goes on to describe that the feeling became one that was more protective in nature. Also, he is not into hauntings nor ghost stories, but said, if the spirits that be are happy, I'm happy, end quote. That's lovely. And that is from the Jerome Grand Hotel, like, website. They have a website with a ton of history about the t- like the city and the hotel as well. So That's I got amazing. a lot of my information from there. I'm going to have to look it up. Oh, one of your slides is a link to their Oh, page. perfect. Yeah. It's just a, like a bunch of pictures of the rooms. Many paranormal investigators and psychics have gone to visit the Jerome Grand Hotel over the years. Some As have expected. Captured, yeah. And so some have captured images or different like voice recordings and all that stuff. But I think one of the most interesting stories is about two of the psychics. So on two separate dates, at least a year or so apart, two psychics that had never met made contact with a nurse. They both said that this was a head nurse and she was kind of ticked off about something. Probably about them being in her home. (laughs) The nurse was upset that some desks had been moved or removed from their original hospital locations. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) My desk. So I think if you go to the next slide, it's a picture of the outside of the hotel. That's so pretty. Uh, Both psychics were in what is now the restaurant that is attached to the hotel. And it is called the Asylum. I was going to say, does that say asylum? (laughs) Yeah. When talking to the owner and employees, they were able to determine that this area was where the main entrance and dispensary was. So a dispensary is not like we think of today as a (laughs) weed store. It is basically just like the front desk pharmacy. Like they dispense care to you. Gotcha. Kind of like dispatch. Yeah. So at some point... The owner decides to rent out the restaurant area because the restaurant is not owned anymore. It's not owned and run by the hotel. It's like a different person. Hmm. So this is when the asylum restaurant opens, which is inappropriately named as the hospital was never an asylum or TB ward. There were definitely TB patients, but there was never like an official ward or any of that. Uh oh. (laughs) So the new restaurant owner had been looking at some at the storage and had found some furniture he wanted to use in the space. After getting permission from the hotel owner to use the furniture, they find out that it was the exact dispensary counters that had been used in the original entryway. Today, the counters are still out in the restaurant and are actually only about a foot away from their original placement. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. According to the hotel's website, there have been no more complaints from the head nurse since the counters have been returned. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Morgan, you can go ahead and go to your next slide. All right. Oh. 
How have I never seen that picture before? <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> we'll post this picture. It's just Zach Bagans. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> himself. So, in the beginning of the Ghost Adventures episode, I watched there was an absolutely insane voiceover by Zach, and I will now do my best Zach impression and read that to you now. You can <laughs> switch to the next picture. <laughs> Just I'm picturing this as you. <laughs> yep. This is me. Okay. The town of Jerome, Arizona, has big been nicknamed Ghost City because it's said that the spirits outnumber the residents. Originally a mining town that produced over $1 billion in copper, gold, and silver, it attracted the greedy and the corrupt. The big town needed a hospital, mostly to deal with the mining accidents and diseases like tuberculosis. So in 1926, the United Verde Hospital was opened. It is estimated over its nearly 30 years of operation, one person died per day for an astounding total of about 9,000 deaths. Then, in 1994, the Alter family repurposed the land as the Jerome Grand Hotel, the most imposing and haunted structure in this place. End quote. Oh, did you practice that? No, I didn't. <laughs> you had the inflection perfect! <laughs> <laughs> perfect! I'm telling you, my impressions of certain people are just, like, my favorite. Like That I was amazing. Very proud. <laughs> Thank you. I look forward to hearing that again at some point. <laughs> oh, you probably will. So, now we have that out of the way, we can go and talk about the ghosties and weird happenings of the Jerome Grant Hotel. Ooh. So, you can go to your next slide so you don't have to keep looking at Zach. Um, I'm going to keep reading, but if you want to click on that link, it's just a, like, the gallery photos of the hotel. And so it's just a bunch of pictures of hotel rooms and the, like, outside. But the very first picture, that old green car. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Zach and, is it Billy? Uh, they're like in the back seat talking about the Jerome Grand Hotel, like driving up to the building. Of course they are. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to let you know that part. Thank you. But... I appreciate it. You have to <laughs> add this to Spooky Road Trip, Dustin. Oh yeah, because I want to go back now that I know more about it. Yeah. So and even there, it's like a national. There's like a historical park. There's like old mine museums and stuff that I didn't get to see when I was there. Oh my gosh, let's go. Yes. Okay. So, there have been many reports of heavy or labored breathing, coughing, and voices coming from empty rooms. There are some interesting ghost smells throughout the building, including flowers, dust, cigar smoke, and whiskey, which I think I the dust ghost might smells. just be, <laughs> like the dust might just be the building. I was going to say, it's an old building. <laughs> but apparently there's reports of these smells. Uh, some people report seeing light anomalies or floating orbs. Guests have seen kids aged four or five running up and down the third floor hallways, sometimes crying or laughing. Ugh, I hate ghost children. Oh, there's a I, lot of them. I think they're the creepiest type of ghosts. <laughs> well, so I think they're creepy because it's one of those things where 
if you know anything about the paranormal, <laughs> ghosts, not ghosts, like demons will pretend or like malicious spirits will pretend to be young children. Yeah, which makes it even creepier. Yeah, so we hate that. So the same child that you see running up and down the hallways um, appears at the foot of guest beds sometimes and just watches them. That's rude. Yeah, not great. There's also sounds of kids running around and giggling on the top floor. On the third and fourth floors, you can hear a newborn baby crying and even smell baby powder. Ah. Sometimes the sound of a baby crying continues for so long or is so realistic that guests will call the front desk and it turns out the noise is coming from a vacant room. Fuck that. Yeah, so I didn't look at any old hospital maps, but the hospital was divided into, like, men's, women's, and then, like, pediatrics. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if the top floors or, like, the third and fourth floors were pediatrics and... Like, maybe all that. That would make sense. Because there's a lot of child activity on those floors. Um, Also, I didn't get to see much about it, but I guess the most haunted room in the Grand Jerome Hotel is, like, room 32. Interesting. All that. Oh, before I continue even more. When I was there, because I went in the hotel, you can't get past a certain floor without a room key. Mm-hmm. because people go there as a tourist attraction and there's a restaurant, whatever. Right. But they have, like, in the lobby of the hotel, they have, like, a book with, like, pictures and letters that people have written about their experiences there. They have, like, years and years worth of journals and stuff. It was very interesting. That's really cool. Yeah, and there's one picture that's in one of these books, but I cannot find it online, and I've Googled it, and it's one of the popular Google searches, but nothing shows up for it. Oh, no! So, I don't know what's going on, but it's very annoying. What is it of? I'll tell you in a minute, because I'm going to tell you a story about it. Okay. <laughs> Guests also report electronics, such as lamps and TVs, being unplugged. There have been reports of shampoo bottles rolling across the floor or flying across the room. Doors also sound like they're opening and closing, but they're coming from an empty area. I hate this one, but guests will find personal electronics, such as cell phones, just under the bed in the center. Yeah. I don't like that. No. The front desk staff, especially the night shift staffs, report coughing and sneezing from the laundry room area. And it's just me. <laughs> yep, I was like, oh, okay, same. It's and the dust, also, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, I haunt every place, basically. It's all that dust smell. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> so... <laughs> They also see a ghost of a man named Claude roaming the stairs and boiler room. (laughs) More on him later. Guests also frequently report seeing the ghosts of two ladies, one in a white gown and the other in a lab coat with a clipboard roaming the halls. Don't worry, guys. It's just us. Yep. Just us. Also, good news. There is a ghost cat. Oh, my gosh. 
It is unknown where or when this cat is from, but there are reports of him meowing, hissing, and scratching at doors and walls. I swear to you, you said ghost cat, and Sage lifted up her head. She was like, who? I know him. (laughs) He's my friend. (laughs) His name's Jerome. (laughs) I tried to rename my cat Jerome, but the family didn't accept it. Bummer. Yeah, this was before I had ever been to Jerome, but... Guests and staff both report hearing the cat and feeling him brush up against their legs, and evil, even he snuggles with guests at night. Oh, I'd be so cool with that. Yeah. So he also leaves imprints on the little hotel beds, because like it's a little round kitty sleeping spot. And so there is apparently a picture from 2008 in room 20 of the ghost cat looking at the camera and sitting on or near a table. Oh my gosh. But I cannot find the picture. Oh my gosh. So, (laughs) yeah. Or I couldn't find it when I was looking this afternoon. Most of the deaths that happened in the building were normal hospital deaths from illness or injuries. But there is one death that seems to be a bit more sinister. So, you can go to your next picture. It's not going to make sense until I explain this, but... (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea what that is. It looks like a knife. <laughs> On April 3rd, 1935, the body of maintenance man Claude Harvey was found presumably crushed in the elevator shaft. Oh, no. So That's a bad death. That's a slow it, death if it so, only moves 50 feet per minute. Yeah. So if you look at the next slide. Oh. That's his chalk outline. Oh. Um, and if you go back and you look closely between, like, the gears, you can yeah. see, like, that this cage thing is an elevator going down. Uh-huh. There's a man uh-huh. with a head. Oh. oh, shoot. Yeah. So. That's a bummer. Quick Zach Bagan story. If you look at the picture of the uh, outline on the floor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Zach had Did the... Zach lay in it? Yes. But not only did he lay in it, he held a video camera on his shoulder and recorded the elevator coming down at him. And let me tell you, him. when I say that he thought this man was going to stop the elevator and this elevator man thought that Zach was going to come out from underneath it, there was some no co- n- no communication skills there. Because all of a sudden, you can hear Aaron going, uh, uh, you might want to move. And then <laughs> the guy who's like the son of the man who owns the hotel grabs Zach by the feet and just slides him across the floor. He almost literally got killed. Oh my god. And it's like, that elevator is moving so slow, Zach. You're so lucky. You're so stupid. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. After they find his body, per the order of the coroner, the elevator was inspected. And it was found to be in working order because they were like, why was he underneath the elevator? There was nothing wrong with it, so he had no reason to be underneath the elevator. Oh. And the coroner determined that the elevator was not actually his cause of death. 
but no autopsy or x-rays were allowed. The United Verde Copper Company did not want this to be investigated any further out of fear that suspicion would land on them. So instead of looking at it, they just kind of swept it under the rug. Typical big corporation. Yeah, so that's why when I was like, oh yeah, they did something great. They built the hospital and they did so much for the area. And then they're not really a great corporation because they covered up this maintenance man's death. Rude. Yeah. So he his is the only death with an unknown cause in the building. It is suspected that Claude was murdered then placed laying down with his neck pinned by the elevator to cover up the crime. Poor Claude. I know. R.I.P. Very sad for him. So, uh, trigger warning, suicide mentioned again. You can skip, like, 15, 30 seconds. Since the hospital closure in the 50s, there's only been one death on the grounds of the Grand Jerome Hotel, and this was the caretaker named Manoa Hofpar, who hanged himself in the engineering office. There was also another suicide more recently um, that can be related to the hospital. I'm not too positive about the details, but the care- it was the caretaker of the clubhouse which, if you remember, still exists, and it's not oh, part yeah. of the hospital. It's, like, the old, old hospital. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's that. Um, all I really know is that his name was Mike because they brought him up in the episode. But it's not really connected to the Grand Jerome Hotel in, like, any other right. things because it's, like, the other hospital. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's the next two pictures for you are the <laughs> clubhouse building. Ew. It is gross. It is definitely a hospital that was built in 1912 or whatever. It is currently owned by a carpenter who uses a big section of the building as his workspace. Perfect. It's perfect yeah. for that. So this man is like looks like youth pasture camp counselor type guy. (laughs) Like, very innocent little man. So, he has repainted the area a nice light green, and it seems to be an okay place. This man is genuinely afraid of the other parts of the building. Zach gets very worried about this man joining their lock-in. Because I'll tell you a whole little bit about this man in a second, but Zach is very worried that this man's going to be too scared or that the vibes in the building are affecting him and he doesn't want him to get, like, emotionally hurt or traumatized. Oh, kind of And Zachary. I was like, that's very nice. But in a less great thing, um, Zach visits this man's wife. <laughs> what? So, Zach asks the guy if he wants to come. And then he goes and is like, I'm goes to this man's home and talks to him and his wife. The wife says that she is chill with him joining in on the investigation as long as he doesn't bring any spirits home. She goes on to add that he has brought. Yeah. Like she adds that he has brought stuff back with him before, but they have been able to send it back. There you go. And I guess that their house is haunted, but they're okay with the spirits that are there or something. 
She was wacky. Sounds like it. (laughs) On the other end of the clubhouse is where the bathroom is. But to get to the bathroom, this man must walk through the building, passing both the morgue and, like, the operating room or, like, the ER or something. So he says that when he walks through, because they, like, show this, like, his side of the building has, like, big windows that are open. It's very light. and It looks like a big garage. It's painted, like, this light, like, sea-colored, like, seafoam, light, light, light green, like... And you walk through, and it's, like, this dark section, and there's, like, old things piled up on the sides. And (laughs) he says that when he walks through, he, like, keeps his head down and talks to the spirits and just, like, says, just passing through, like, just on my way to the bathroom. Like, sorry, guys, don't mean to disturb you. Oh, my gosh. And so when he takes, this is, like, during the day when he takes Zach and the guys through the building, Zach, like, leaves the door to his like workshop open and he gets like visibly uncomfortable and kind of like scurries over to the door and closes it and is like oh my gosh. he goes just to keep the space cure pure <laughs> they were trying to make a connection between like the suicides and bad energy in the area and all these things and i definitely think the hotel's haunted i definitely think the old hospital's got some weird shit going on but Sounds like it yeah, I don't know if it's cursed. Uh, but overall, the episode of Ghost Adventures is pretty great. Nothing spooky happens, but sure. it is obviously hella dramatic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Zach Baggins is the drama. Oh, yes. So overall, it is rumored that around 9,000 deaths have happened at the Jerome Grand Hotel slash hospital thing. Unfortunately, when Alter bought the hospital there were no records left behind so they don't have any documentation about the staff or patients so we may never actually know bummer yeah and that was all i have but basically i just got some pictures left for you so slide there's a cat yeah so slide 19 if you go back to is a picture i took of the hotel down the fucking hill yeah so far away the next is a door of an abandoned building because it is a ghost town like so many buildings are abandoned Mm -hmm. but it was very pretty and aesthetically pleasing it was very pretty this cat that i saw nice little toasted marshmallow little toasty guy just chilling on that pair of pants um i went to a thrift like it was in like an old home of sorts it looked like an apartment, and it just had, like, a bunch of used, like, thrift shop clothes. It was very nice. And then yeah. the final picture is um, I went to, into this art gallery. Oh, and my one of the exhibits gosh. was just these absurd paintings of cats. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> and I think this is the only one that I saved, but there's, like, some quotes about cats in there. And this one is, I had been told that the training procedure with cats was different. It's not. Mine had me trained in two days. How inspirational. I think that's all I have for you on Jerome, Arizona. Thank you so much. I loved it. I loved the slideshow. It made it so much better. Not that it wouldn't have been good without slideshow, but it's nice to have a visual. Yeah, I got home from work and I had extra time and I was like, you know what? This, like, layout of 
this like city doesn't make sense just because it's so hilly like it's literally like everything is stacked yeah. on top of each other <laughs> crazy and i loved like, it there's so many things so yeah that was your little christmas gift for me <laughs> for this episode thank you yeah happy holidays everybody happy winter solstice merry christmas happy new year well i guess we'll see you before the new year but um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Be Kwanzaa safe. Is the day before this comes out. So happy Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. Be safe. Don't do anything we wouldn't do. You know the deal. Yep. And yep. stay tuned next Monday and every Monday for new episodes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening. We're on Instagram and Twitter. And we have an email, which is mondaymorningspod.gmail.com. If you want to send us any topic ideas or whatever. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. And you know how it is. Start your Monday mornings the right way with Maddie and Morgan. Bye.